Leroy Green aka Bruce Leroy dreams of becoming a great martial arts master like his idol Bruce Lee. His master tells him that he has reached the final level known as the last dragon. Martial artists who reach this level are said to be able to use the glow, a mysterious energy that makes their hands glow. Leroy embarks upon a spiritual journey to find master Sandam Goy, who is said to be able to help him unlock the power of the glow. During his journey Leroy has to fight racial stereotypes, an insane video arcade mogul by the name of Eddie Arcadian, and overcome his own shyness when he gets romantically involved with VJ Laura Scholz before the final showdown with Shogun of Harlem, Shonaf, to decide who is the ultimate master. Can we keep playing that? Hello. <laughs> that that song was the most recognisable part of this film for me because I remember as a kid going to loads of discos with my mum or whatever, and that song would always be on. <laughs> like, it's, it's a very eighties uh, song for sure. You know what? I All actually right, so, yeah. uh, hand up. I always thought that that song was actually by Paula Abdul. I did not know that it was by uh, what's the guy's name uh, anyway? Not Paula Abdul. Uh, not Paula Abdul. So <laughs> that was a bit of a aha moment for me. So uh, the Borsh. The Borsh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay, welcome to uh, The Last Action Heroes, a celebration of 1980s action cinema. And today we're covering uh, 1985's um, The Last Dragon, um, which, so I picked this movie, and the reason I picked this movie is because I wanted to ta turn the tables a bit, because I think this is one of the few films that only I had seen. And none of you had seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For once. And for once, yeah. And you were pretty sure um, about it as well. And I was pretty sure. But I, I watched this film when I was a kid and um, maybe eight or nine years old. And it, it was awesome, right? Like, you know, the action and everything. And it was always in the back of my mind. But I, for some reason, I thought it was a Bruce Lee film. Like, like you know, because there are some scenes in it where Bruce Lee... Like Bruce Lee clips are he does are feature played. a lot. He yeah. does, yeah. And, and, yeah. And so I didn't remember, you know, much about the film. So, but then I watched it again, and now it came back to me. And and yeah. So anyway, uh, before we get into the film, let's uh, do the social media stuff. So uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter at tl underscore action heroes. We're also on Instagram at the last action heroes podcast. And if you like the show, please remember to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. And without further one, ado, yeah, let's get into, uh, oh, actually, let's do the introductions. Uh, and as you know, we always do try to get up with some uh, uh, nicknames. So in this film, I'm going to be Bjorn Bjornoff. 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 With me, I have String Bean Rick James Burr, looking fool, Jesper. Yeah. <laughs> and we have... Ping pong playing Chow Mein for brains, Kung Fu head, Leon. Hey, my man, what it looked like. I am the soul brother like no other to deliver pizza with bean sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have uh, Eddie Arcadan. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Right on. <laughs> 
I'm the bad guy. He doesn't have any good, really amazing lines or anything. As far as he I has know. very good yeah. slash bad toupee hair, though. I do remember that. Yeah, you can't see me on the podcast, though, so I can't measure yeah. my hair, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's get into the film. Um, so the film starts with with a a training montage or like yeah a, a training scene where this uh, the main character uh, Leroy Green um, he's he's training in the dojo and his his master is is like shooting arrows at him like he's he's doing Standard. these moves and and he's chopping arrows in, in half and. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a lot going on there. Yo, he comes out yeah. the gate swinging, man. Completely. He's like a little yeah. ninja. He's like, like, so, you know, he's like nearly at, at, you know, nearly like at the end of his training uh, at this point. Like, you know, we're looking at a nearly fully fledged ninja karate warrior dude here. And um, uh, yeah, he's got some impressive moves, you got to say, you know. We've got to totally appreciate that the film, like one of the tropes of 80s movies is a montage. There's always that giving yeah. obsession at some point. This film begins with one of those <laughs> and an amazing 80s tune over the top. The moment I started watching this, I was like, it's probably the most 80s film we've ever done. <laughs> it's amazing. I think, yeah, this is definitely one of the, it's up there, right, for, for 80s-ness. Uh, oh, yeah. for sure. Totally. The sound, the colors, the outfits. Oh my God, the outfits, uh, the music. Uh, the music is obviously a very important part uh, of this movie. And the fact that the training montage, you have this wonderful mix of you know him doing all his moves in you know in slow motion, and uh, you know you have this uh, amazing uh, theme song. I think it's the theme the theme song um, to The Last Dragon, right? And then you have all these wonderful sound effects which are like like that, which is, you know, it's exactly like when you were a kid and you were practicing your karate moves, you would do exactly that. You would do exactly that. I do that now. I also noticed something yeah. with the theme song and a few other songs that modern, modern films just don't do anymore. Did you notice that some of the songs like sing what's happening in the film <laughs> like the lyrics are about and now he goes outside and he's gonna go and see the master <laughs> karate chop your yeah, head why, why doesn't that shit happen anymore it's yeah. like a singing narrative or like a singing narrator it's yeah you're right i didn't really i didn't really notice that but that's uh, that's brilliant i wish more movies should he's do a little that. ninja <laughs> he karate kicks people and <laughs> chops arrows if you could get morgan freeman to sing a narration like, oh that my be, god yeah. that would be amazing. <laughs> we should we should talk a little bit about uh bruce leroy or the, the guy who played him is is called Tymuck. And uh, mm. this was actually his, and he's an uh, he's an actual martial artist. He right? definitely like, wasn't an actor. Yeah. <laughs> he was no. definitely not. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he actually had to learn how to act on set. Essentially, like they, uh, you know, he he hadn't acted, and and they, you know, he kind of, um, you know, uh, played it by ear. As yeah, like, as I the mean, movie he, went he's, along. he's yeah. kick-ass. When I said yeah. like yeah. joked about him being an injury, he is like a little ninja. He's got chops and flicks, flips and kicks, and like all sorts of moves. Like he's. He's, he's stacked, man. He's, he's shredded that kid, isn't he? He's very well yeah. coordinated and he's really fast. Like that was one of the things that really kind of struck me as some of the fight scenes that comes later that he moves really fast and he seems to be, you know, no disrespect to uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, but he seems to be able to do more than just kicks and splits. Yes. You know, he yeah. seems to be able to do a lot more than yeah. that. Um, he's it's just the acting, yeah, it's bit... the acting skills eh, needs a bit of work still, but 
Well, compared to Jean Claude Van Damme, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, in the same, it's not much to compare in the same, to. Uh, ballpark. <laughs> yeah. Something that's a bit of a shame as well is that uh, throughout his career later on, he never went on to do any more action hero or like martial arts films. He was typecast as a couple of sexual predators, <laughs> um, hmm. which is a real shame. Yeah, who is this? Um, Time out. Time up, yeah. yeah. He never did any other action well, films afterwards. I think he became, didn't he become a um, fight choreographer? Fight choreographer and a stuntman. And I think also I read somewhere that he was sort of like a personal trainer of the fight um, choreographer to various other celebrities, like I think Madonna and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> um, I don't know. That, that hard ass. That hard ass, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what film exactly does Madonna use? Well, that's the thing that kind of gets stopped stuff a little bit. It's like, you know, she doesn't fight, you know, does she? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, Wait, yeah. hold on. Oh, was she in that uh, Guy Ritchie film or whatever? Because she was married to him and she was in that Wanted or something? I don't know. Maybe she fights in that. Did she have to judo chop some fools in that one? <laughs> <laughs> she judo chop some arrows or something like that. <laughs> Actually, can we so, just stop and pause about that arrow um, yes, thing? Yes, because yeah. that is really cool. So so he is in this dojo. He's practicing. He's you know doing all his karate moves on these. Uh, there's like a punching bag and stuff like that. And at the same time, his master is shooting actual arrows at him. And he breaks them mid-flight. And he does this twice, right? And this was an actual stunt. Uh, like they actually, he actually broke these arrows as they came flying um, with a fucking him. karate chop. with an actual karate <laughs> chop, like a you know, yeah, proper judo chop. Sick. And he again, like he does it twice, and it's really impressive. And luckily, they do it sort of. You see, uh, sort of as it happens, it's done in slow motion, so you really see how he, you know, hits it sort of pretty bang on in the middle, and it's impressive. It really is. It kind of makes you go, "Whoa!" How did you know to catch the blue arrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the things that's interesting is apparently <laughs> yeah. it apparently took them two hours to get that that take right. Yeah. Nowadays they do it in CG and it would still take yeah. longer to do it in CG. Yeah. Let that sink yeah. in for a minute. Two fucking hours repeatedly having arrows that's fired at you, trying to chop them out of the air. You missed it again, Time Max. Yeah, oh, <laughs> reset and again. Yeah, reset. you can see he's, he's really happy. He's really happy when he finally say, finally is able to do it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I cannot so. believe that I hit the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a better delivery of that line than anything that he came up with uh, I think. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah i mean this is this is the you know the setting for for the film and and we learn um so that his his master tells him that basically you you learn every, every, so you managed to hit the arrow you learned everything. I've, I've taught you everything I, you can. Uh, you know, fuck off, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrasing, but yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he he's like, um, you know, he he doesn't. Uh, Leroy wants to, you know, uh, but he needs you know, more. Uh, he's lost. He needs more. You know, he he doesn't feel like he's learned everything. And then his master tells him about the glow, <gasps> which is this uh, this supernatural power that you can you know you can reach when you you become the last dragon and 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 once you become the last dragon you should have you, ha you have the ability but you have to learn the ability right it's and, like uh, maximum it becomes, enlightenment uh, isn't it it's like yeah becoming yeah, it's, the it's one. spiritual journey becoming one with yeah. the force, you've got a kind of almost you've got a journey within now and kind of figure out how to do this for yourself and then you'll attain Man. that true you can be my yeah. dojo master dan it's about <laughs> your, your journey within yes yes sensei danaka pirate so, dojo so the so his master tells him that he needs to find this other master uh whose name is Sam Dam Goy. <laughs> and uh, this is one of the you know, like obviously when I first watched this I didn't know this this was a comedy, but like 
watching it now, like some dumb guy, some dumb guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know, yeah. Uh, so I came into this film completely oh, yeah. fresh. Um, I'd never heard of it, never seen anything about it, nothing. So I wasn't sure what it was. And it started off with this you know, montage, all the 80s action stuff. I was like, yeah, this is cool, yeah. Then the acting was a little bit off. I thought, okay, well, you know, we've seen a couple of 80s films where that's been the case. But it wasn't until quite a way into the film that I actually twigged this was a comedy. <laughs> I just thought it was really odd. You, you, uh, probably not you met the arrival Shona. of uh, Shona. <laughs> yeah. As soon as Shona arrived, then I understood what the film was. I was like, okay, now I get it. But yeah, it's not. At one point, I even thought, yeah. like, am I watching a musical? Yeah. There's a lot of music. Yeah, a lot of music. Just <laughs> it's not an obvious comedy, but it's it's like it's like a parody and and like a, an homage to you know uh, to martial arts uh, films like you know Kung Fu, uh, yeah. Bruce Lee, obviously. I, th- I think it's also um, worth what Dan said there about you know, is, am I watching a musical? I mean, you sort of are, right? This is a, a, a career <laughs> yeah. launch pad for pop stars. It's like a long music yeah. video with like funny scenes in between. Well, it's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, the film is presented as Barry Gordy's uh, The yeah, Last Dragon. Motown. Barry, yeah. yeah, Barry Gordy was a uh, the kind of creator of the Motown label and he actually oversaw a lot of the music that went into the film. So, um, and just for people who don't know, we're talking like fucking Jackson 5, Marvin Gaye, Supreme, Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, like... Yeah, this guy's label is so, legendary. Oh yeah. So I didn't, obviously I didn't know that. I mean, the film said it's Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I, I didn't know who Barry Gordy was. You know, I watched the film, and then when I came away and kind of did the research, then it, the music of the film made sense. I then understood why it was so musically driven because of obviously his status. So, yeah. but it also makes it a very interesting um, sort of movie or experiment because it's essentially like one long, I don't know, pitch or ad for Motown because you know they are. You know, every single moment and excuse that they get, you know, they are, you know, pouring in, you know, Motown music and uh, the stars and everything like that. And um, I mean, clearly they wanted to this to sort of be, you know, show that Motown can be, you know, cool in different ways. And we're exploring new ways of utilizing our talent and our portfolio and stuff like that. And um, it's interesting. I'm just I mean, again, and we'll probably get into this more. I'm. I came into this movie completely fresh, but again, I'm not really sure what it is that I've watched, and I've watched it a couple of times now, and I'm I'm still not entirely sure sort of what it is that I've watched. Like, is it a comedy? Is it trying to take itself seriously? Does it have a message? Is it just one long music video? Is it a martial arts film? Is it a comedy? What it's is it? It's an experience. It's an experience for it's, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's an urban fairy tale mashup of marvel arts action, comedy, rom com, musical, black exploitation. Do, do you know what? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't help. <laughs> Like there's there's a scene I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute that I think Bjorn wants to lead us into in in the theatre, but I think it's that kind of film. I think it's designed to be on a big screen with an audience of people where it's just going to be like loud music and kung fu and funny. It felt uh, as I was watching it, I really felt like I wanted to be in a, like a cinema or a theatre, whatever, full of people all laughing along, all like getting down to the pop music. It's like this is this feels like a sort of big screen social experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Not for quite sure. a film, not quite a music video, just this big loud yeah. thing that's a lot of fun. You know what I yeah. kind of ended up on that this is basically, uh, you know, like this is like the imagination of a 10 year old boy. Like this is if he was retelling a very cool stories and, you know, and he's throwing in like all the elements that he thinks are cool. Like, and, you know, and then this happened and then there's this bad guy and, you know, he yeah. has to sing in his tank and, Oh, um, Oh, this bad guy, you know, he does video games because like video games are cool. And, you know, they keep on adding on stuff and stuff. And, and all with whatever your favorite pop soundtrack is at the time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Then that's it's kind of like click for me. Like, Oh, of course that's what it is. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, what it is, my man, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right um 
so yeah, so so Leroy sets out on a on a spiritual journey to to try to find uh, uh, Samdaim Goy, and for some reason he has a medallion that uh, used to belong to Bruce Lee. That is, although it's never explained why how, or how he he got a hold of it, but uh, because he's but a, yeah, it's a there, master. it's there, he's a master, he's a master. And, I thought he was just playing him. It doesn't belong to Bruce Lee, really. He's just giving him some sort of thing to. You're just giving him a MacGuffin, right? It's just a belt buckle, isn't it? He's just pushing a belt buckle. He's just leading the kid on. Go and do this thing. Go and find yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's actually yeah. going on holiday. He's like, he is going on holiday. Kid, yeah, so and, and have a belt buckle. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, so the next scene. Uh, that I wanted to feature uh, is is the movie theater scene where we get introduced to uh, to Shonaf, and to to sort of uh, give you an idea of Shonaf as a character, I thought we would play a, a clip here where where uh, you know Shonaf is giving a, a monologue. So so have a listen to the clip. Shonaf, Shonaf. Am I the meanest? Shonaf. Am I the prettiest? Shonaf. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this time? Shonaf. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's sure enough introducing himself um, when he when he enters the the, the movie theater uh, and uh, with his posse <laughs> and uh, basically he's just there to fuck shit up and like. You know, like he's the showgun of Harlem. He's the showgun of Harlem. He goes wherever he wants. He does whatever he wants. You know, he's uh, yeah. He's All he wants he's to basic. do, yeah, he, he just wants to, to to people to respect him and and to say that he is the greatest. Like that. I love that he basically dresses like an urban samurai. Yeah, he is fucking he's got, brilliant. Like, <laughs> yeah, these massive American football shoulder pads and like yeah. it's like the the um, slotted, slotted glasses, glasses with the Japanese flag yeah. and stuff. Oh, he's amazing. As soon as he turned up, that's what I understood. What he definitely was. has yeah. this kind of fetish for you know broad shoulders because you know like like all of his outfits is already like you know the shoulders are always like highlighted in some way. And you're right, like at some point he, you know, he resolves to wearing these uh, American football uh, you know shoulder. Guards. It's, it's kind of like a a Harlem version of like a samurai yeah. costume that he wears. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. sick. He's it's so great. cool, man. Like you could ditch everyone else in this film, and I'll just watch two hours of show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of the things that made me giggle as well is he does this massive monologue, and then this guy stands with you. Why don't you just sit down and shut up? He's like, what? <laughs> Who told me to sit down and shut up? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like, so you know, good. they never really, you know, bow to his power or anything like that. And that must surely like piss him off, you know, because I'm sure this isn't yeah, the first cinema. Yeah, uh, but when to. someone does square up to him, he kicks the fuck out of him every single time. <laughs> he really like, he is a legit badass. I mean, so you, I like to think that, you know, he's, he's obviously turned up from somewhere and heard about this Leroy and he, He's kind of on a journey of his own to kind of gain, you know, respect, mm. you know, and recognition and establish himself as the Kung Fu authority figure. And then this little punk's just come out of nowhere and kind of challenge that. Standing well. in Shonoff's way of complete supremacy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's set in Harlem, right? So it's like, there's this kind of like, you know, gangs or like you have Shonoff and then yeah, you have Leroy, who's like this community hero. Everyone knows that he's like, he's, he's, a, he's a great martial artist. He's a good kid. And yeah, he's a good kid, right? Who eats um, a, a popcorn with with chopsticks? With chopsticks, <laughs> <laughs> but he he's not interested in fighting uh, Shonaf, so he he just uh, you know shit you know kicks off and he he just walks away. And then um, uh, when he walks out of the the, the cinema, 
uh, Shonoff, uh, you know, yells at him, and then he gets kicked in the chest by one of these. A brawl happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then Shonoff just takes the guy down and basically breaks his foot and bites his, his heel. <laughs> And, and smashes his head in on the side. Of the head head head. Head. Like, you will never use this foot again, you know. Uh, I think one thing we could appreciate in this scene as well, I think for modern viewers specifically, but also it kind of also shows, you know, what the, what the film's trying to do and also the kind of melting pot that is New York of, you know, cultural um, differences. But, you know, the, everything is represented mm. in this scene. You know, you've, you've got like blacks, whites, Asians, men, women, transgender, trans people, yeah, yeah. punks, nerds, everything is accounted for in this one this scene. This theatre is amazing. Uh, and they're all, yeah. they're all there to just show appreciation for Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Yeah. I, I yeah. think also yeah, yeah. what it's doing is like... Um, and it's like I said a minute ago about how I felt this experience was or what this film wants is like it shows you all these different people in the theatre loving this thing and all cheering along and shouting when Bruce Lee kicks ass and all loving it and I think they're almost showing you that this is what we're now trying to make mm. we want you to mm. all pile in and love what we're doing as well because they they kind of replicate that experience in this in this film they, they've yeah. uh, they've sorry they've done a really nice thing as well that so they're obviously all watching this uh, bruce lee movie and uh, apologies i don't know my bruce lee movies that well so i don't know exactly what movie it is but the, they've done it quite cleverly because as things happen in the cinema, they cut to what's happening on screen and they sort of match Bruce Lee's reactions uh, on screen to what's happening in the mm. cinema. And it actually works quite well. And it kind of makes Bruce Lee an extra character within the movie. And he does play a role throughout, sort of like an underlying role throughout this whole movie and uh, of Leroy's yeah. journey. And I just thought that was quite yeah. a nice touch. His presence is felt throughout the whole yeah. film. And for yeah, sure. Bruce Leroy is totally a Bruce Lee stan for sure. <laughs> it's love. It's a love letter, isn't it? It's a love letter to that experience. Yes, definitely. Like, yeah, loving old kung fu films and stuff. Yeah, and uh, then uh, we after this this scene, we get introduced to uh, another character uh, in this film that's important, which is uh, the video game Mogul Eddie Arcadian, which. <laughs> Again, here the name uh, is a giveaway uh, that this film is a comedy. But uh, yeah, the, well, he's introduced like he's this, you know, he's this. Um, yeah, ar ar he owns like arcades and like he's trying to get his his girlfriend to to become a star. The girlfriend looks and, a lot like Cindy yeah. Lauper. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Yeah. I want to be Angela Baracco. Yeah, is the character Angela. Yeah. And the the way he uh, tries to achieve this is by his his kidnapping this uh, this VJ called Laura Charles, um, just to try to to get her to to play, you know, um, her like Angela, his girlfriend's uh, music videos on air, like that's why he does it. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, he's when I watched it, the first thing I thought was this: this guy is basically the bastard love child of Danny DeVito and Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the mental picture you could draw. This that's guy. a perfect. Yeah. But he kind of seems he kind of seems to be this really hostile dude who's got no kind of qualms about riding people to make his way in life and get you yeah. know power and money and even the henchmen he has at his side are people that he's you know used and burnt out yeah, and he's a nothing. shit yeah. he's now, isn't he? Mm. yeah and, he, and he's yeah. now doing that to his girlfriend he's got he's, a, he's a, a piranha monster that you never get to see what the fuck but, is that yeah. well he <laughs> does see, like, something twice in, in the whole there, film right? and i really <laughs> yeah. want to know what they're 
fuck is in that fucking tank? If we never find out. <laughs> you know, we never you, find you, out. You yeah. see it? Do you something once and it's never, never mentioned. mentioned yeah. Yeah, like, uh, he's also. I, also, I feel like they were going to do something with that. Yeah, that, nothing yeah. happened. He no doesn't all, doesn't Bruce Leroy use it on him later? He dunks his head. Uh, he, he does dunks, dunks his head, his head like, yeah. really quickly, and then we kind of go, "Oh, face got to get eaten or something like that." Now, yeah, because yeah. that's what pisses yeah. Arcadian off so much. Well, it's actually Bruce he Leroy's... loses his to he loses his uh, toupee yeah, right. into the tank or something like that, and then obviously you know don't mess with a man's toupee. Um, yeah, I also like that he gradually just becomes more and more insane. Yeah. Uh, as the movie goes on, and <laughs> nasty. <laughs> at the end, he's just like a raging lunatic, you know, like fire. There's something quite comical <laughs> about him as well, you know, sort of his whole, you know, his, you know, character and what he does and what he's trying to do and that kind of very bad guy logic. Like, oh, I have this very non-talented girlfriend, but I want to put her on this show. So I'm going to kidnap the star of that show and persuade her. And it's very comic book like and, you know, and I don't know if that's whoa, a good whoa, or a bad whoa. thing, but uh, yeah. Non-talented girlfriend. Uh, we see two of our music videos and they are both sick. Well, Dirty books. Dirty books, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's practicing free ride. Like, she's killing it, man. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely trying to bring something new to it, I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty I, think, books. I think there's a scene later on where she stands up to him, which I thought was quite a nice moment for her. That was actually Yeah, quite I nice. agree. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a prick. Yeah. He is totally a prick. Yeah. And he just walks all over. There's a thing with Rocco in there where he's got this kind of henchman who was a boxer. Mm. And he's obviously yeah. promised Rocco he's going to take him to the top. And Rocco has had one fall, one loss. And now he's just yeah. brushed aside, like, yeah. piss off, mate. Not interested anymore. There's this wonderful line where he takes the piss of where she's from. You know, you're from Kew Gardens and you just get by on your tits. And she's like, well, you're also from Kew Gardens and you are also getting by on <laughs> yeah, my tits. Exactly. So I say, yeah, you fucking go. Yeah, right? Tell him. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a grifter. So he's just trying to to make money on other people. Um, yeah, he's a anyway, representation so, of the record industry, I think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But they shift that blame onto the video games industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was like what eighty six. I mean, video games wasn't going to be a big thing then, like anyway. You know, so you know, we can get those to play the bad guys. It's going to be forgotten in a couple of months, like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a faff yeah so anyway so so, so he he kidnaps uh, Laura uh, she actually gets kidnapped I think three times in this <laughs> film uh, it's like <laughs> she just ki gets kidnapped over and over and, well at and first you don't succeed she, try yeah. and try and kidnap yeah. again <laughs> um, she gets kidnapped Le Leroy uh, you know he, he he sees that the kidnapping and he he takes pursuit um, and uh, and yeah um that's and then what happens is Salira so has a dojo and Shona show, show, shows up at the dojo and basically uh tries to fight him at the dojo right um but Leroy doesn't want to fight again and here's another nice line from Shona when he says like you know bow down and kiss my converse <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, uh, anything to say about this scene? It's, it's We're also introduced to Johnny oh, yes. Yu here, who I think Johnny is probably Yu. the comedy sidekick. And I fucking love this guy. He cracks me up. All his lines are gold. And he's he's just like, I've mastered the art of fighting without actually knowing how to it's fight. Amazing, he's just it? like, it is a... I can talk the talk. And then as soon as he comes in, like, he's an actual person who knows how to fight. He gets his fucking like head kicked. Johnny Yu. <laughs> Although I love that, um, he, you know, he's mastered the art of fighting without actually knowing how to fight. And and he's kind of set up as this this Malfi dude. But then we'll see later, which I'm sure we'll discuss. 
He's a little kung fu legend, man. He, he is. is. Yeah. He, he's lethal, mm. but for some reason they frame him as like, he just cannot fight. He's an idiot. He's all mad. See, so, I actually, yeah. I actually like to think of it is that alongside um, Bruce Leroy, he's also on a journey of himself. He's there to find his courage mm. and his belief that he can actually do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like the guy in Big Trouble from Little China. Which we do not talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do not talk about. There's also something uh, about some, some points. Yeah, yeah. There's also something about uh, Johnny and his insights into that. That you know, it's all about you know presence. Like you know, you shout like really loudly. You make these you know gestures and kicks, and you know, quite often that's enough to scare away uh, people, and you avoid the actual conflict. And you know, there's something quite philosophical about that and then yes he does proceed to get his ass absolutely kicked but you know <laughs> that round kick to the face, face, face yeah. plans. but his <laughs> approach like you know and just him as a character i think is you know he's yeah he's just adorable uh i think i, I also like that when shonoff comes into the dojo and threatens um leroy green leroy green's having none of it he stands up to him and he won't fight back and it's actually johnny Yu that comes flying in from the background to save him yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. squares up to shonoff and his henchmen yeah and then exactly mm-hmm. dead. yeah with the immortal line uh, does anyone want to take it depends which one you're talking about there's so many <laughs> you go for it, in this film so what about you you spring bean rick james looking cool <laughs> i love that i love that there's so many great one-liners here and you know name calling and stuff that, like that it's amazing. that floored me i literally almost spat my drink you know what since watching this so and good. that particular line I've probably listened to a Rick James Super Freak about 10, 15 times. I don't know why. It's just it's stuck now. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And you definitely see the resemblance as well. I think it's quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great quotes. Uh, Johnny, obviously, and also Leroy's uh, little brother, Richie. Uh, oh, man. He has, he has some good, what a, he has some good what quotes. What a character. I mean, it's kind of funny with this movie that... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of really great characters in it, but and like, and yet the main character is, you know, apart from being very good at, you know, martial arts, he's incredibly bland. He's, well, he's boring, I found. And he's so gullible as well. And Do you know what? I think he just yeah. represents, he, he's you as the viewer. He's just a husk for you to be like, because think about it, if you're a little kid and you're on this mission, there's like the baddie and there's your mouthy brother and there's the girl you like. I think he's just this empty vessel for for a young yeah, viewer and to get I am, behind. And, you know, I am fully on board with, you know, a main character yeah. should sort of have some, you know, some, some space for you to kind of project some of yourself uh, onto it. But I do think that towards the end of the movie, I actually started to get really annoyed with him because it's like, you know, just, yeah. you know, stand up and do something. I mean, you, I mean, these three Chinese guys at the Ghetto Blaster, you know, just keep on running circles around him. Um, and uh, I actually got a little bit annoyed with him, like, like in the end. And um, uh, I mean, is, luckily he gets he in. playing them? Sorry? He plays them, man, because these three guys are desperate to be like black culture. They're there into hip hop and breakdancing and they invite him in because they know, they, it turns out they know nothing about black culture. So they invite him in to teach him craps and he just starts teaching them this game. Like, <laughs> that, was craps and stuff. That, that was <laughs> he, funny. He knows what's he going on. <laughs> but I, I've, yes, but I'm kind of with you on this. He's, he's a kick-ass, you know, guy and he's got the mood, you know, he's, his kung fu skills are second to none but as an actual person he's almost childlike he's very innocent very um you know kind of blase about everything and i actually kind of feel quite sorry for like show enough or even like laura it must be so incredibly (laughs) frustrating because no one can get a reaction out of him to anything you've got this guy who's like challenging his you know position as a kung fu master he's like yeah yeah and then you've got laura charles he's like 
Yeah. Obviously horny. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just n- fucking not taking any of it in. And it must be the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I just think that they play that for too long, you know. I mean, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's just my opinion. You guys are picking yeah. on a good kid. <laughs> like a genuinely this, good kid. He's a good kid. He's a total nerd, though. He's like kung fu and then everyone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's focused for sure. You know, he's very focused. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. that to his face, obviously. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing that this movie does that's quite interesting, I think, is it, it plays with uh, racial stereotypes, right? So you have you have Leroy, who is who is a black guy, but he 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 dresses like a, a Chinese kung fu master, and you know he wears a rice hat and and walks around, and, practices their philosophy and, uh, um, as well, and yeah, yeah. philosophy, yeah, exactly, and. Uh, and then you also have the the Asian characters that that kind of act black or like they do. Um, so there's a there's a there's a <laughs> there's one scene here that I want to play a clip from, which is the Sukiyaki song, um, and and we'll we'll play the clip so you get an idea of of the <laughs> of, of 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 that. Uh, so yeah, playing that clip now. So that's the that's the um, what do you, what do you call it the performance? Yeah, what do you call this? I mean, it's yeah. like performance theater. It's it's, it's just bad it's like dancing, dances, man. Yeah, they're yeah. break dancing. This is the eighties. Everyone's got a bit of lino <laughs> rolled out on the street. It's battles. So they dance like a bunch of dads <laughs> really at the divorcee disco. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Um, and yeah. the outfits there, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, so the, it's not just the music video, but the way they talk as well. They, they, it's, it's you know they 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 try to sound black, right? <laughs> it's like their their thing. <laughs> and uh, when they speak to to Leroy, and they but they also do like a, a like a, a impression of Asian, like uh, as well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so, they, a few times through the film as well, people refer to um, uh, Leroy as a coolie, mm, which is a, mm. a sort of offensive anti-Asian term thrown around in. 80s America which I thought was interesting because mm. you know like you're saying clearly he's the black kid but they're sort of yeah, making yeah. him the Asian outsider like people there don't even see him as the black kid they see him as this weird little sort of Asian dude it's, it's, I think nowadays the, the term would be uh, weeb uh, you know someone who's like super into 
or in Jap- Japanese culture, for example. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's something I noticed with this film is like they they do that, and it's it's quite interesting actually uh, how they do it and and um, and yeah, the reactions and and like so Leroy's family they also they own like a, a pizza store and uh, <laughs> and uh, there's one quote from his dad when you know. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I know how it's like to be an outsider. I'm a black man with a pizza store, uh, yeah. at one point. So it's, uh, yeah, I kind of thought it was interesting that they yeah, have like all mixing these, cultures and ethnicities, yeah, yeah and mixing like cultures, yeah. And, yeah, for sure. But how well do we think that this works? Because this is clearly a theme that's running through uh, the movie. And um, uh, I mean, is it is it trying to be clever about it? Is it trying to sort of take the piss about it? Is it? I mean, I mean, does it work? Like, does it get away with it or? Or what do we think? I, I think it does because the film is so intentionally ridiculous that it's. I think yeah. it's just having fun. Mm. It's like, hey, look, the black kids are sort of racist to the other black kid, like he's Asian, and the Asian people think they're black, and the the black guys see the Asians as Asians trying to be black, and like, it's, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just. Yeah. I think it's just for jokes. It's taken, it's taken those stereotypes and applying them as a comic book character onto someone else. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I guess it's sort of. Mm. I, I guess what you can appreciate about this movie is that it doesn't seem to. Um, you know, they do sound, they do tend to sort of poke fun at racial stereotypes across the whole spectrum. Like everyone here is to some extent, you know, um, you know, ridiculous, but it's sort of not done in a mean way. Like if they had, I don't know, I guess like if they had one, you know, character or, you know, one sort of culture that was sort of being played completely straight, then, then it would maybe start to become, you know, mean, because why is it okay to make fun and poke fun of all these stereotypes and not this one? So I guess they're consistent um, about it uh, throughout and they're playing with that. Like everyone seems to want to be something they are not, you know? Um, mm. and I, yeah. And I think that's why this is, I mean, it's a, it's a very key scene, actually, this, because I think this is where you really see it. It's also one of the, I wrote here, it's one of the biggest what the fuck moments in a movie that is built on what the fucks, <laughs> right? So I think that's saying something uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I think, um, I think this, it's important to be able to accept this film's ability to take the piss out of racial stereotypes and things because they do it a lot and they, they throw around a lot of, like offensive terms and they sort of play with people's expectations and it's okay because it's all just lighthearted it's mm. all silly you know it's not intended mm. offensively it's just look how ridiculous this is but i think if you made that today people would take massive fucking offense at this oh yeah and i yeah, think it's yeah. an example of how even- it doesn't always have to be like you know you don't have to take mm. we're, we're a bit too intolerant sometimes I think this yeah. is an example of how you can play with it. You can have jokes with it. It's not, it's not always intended to yeah. offend. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think even yeah. viewing the film nowadays as well, like obviously, you know, coming to it and knowing nothing about it as well, some of the lines and things, like that was my instant thought is you could never make something like this these days. And it did make me wonder how other people viewing the film in a modern context yeah. would. Yeah. Well, you have these things that. like cultural appropriation that you shouldn't be able to, to, to wear certain clothing or have certain hairstyles. Um mm. But I think, you know, this film shows that, you know, it's like, if you like something, like Leroy, obviously he's very into Chinese culture and, you know, he, he just goes like full, full on, <laughs> you know, um, and it, and that's okay. Like if, if, if you do, like it's, it's fine. I yeah. And, I, this and like the film yeah. says, like the film does as well. I think it's okay to take the piss out of him for that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it, the yeah. film's yeah. never nasty to him. It's just take it. It's just having a joke. 
with how silly it yeah. all is. Like the the three Asian guys doing the break dancing, and clearly they're just trying to be part of this black culture. And it's yeah. Just, it's fun. They're not saying, oh, look at fucking Asian people trying to copy our culture. They're just saying, look how silly this whole scenario is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, so this is actually, so they work at this place where the this Sandam Goy uh, master supposedly uh, is, is at. Um, but as we find out later, it's actually a, a fortune cookie machine. <laughs> I love that it's just this little computer sitting in a room. That's like <laughs> it's just typing out this nonsense. grand master he's been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, his, uh, Leroy's master just lied to him, uh, or he put him on a on a goose chase uh, to to find this master who doesn't exist. Well, um, well he was on a it, yeah. you know it was a goose yeah. chase, but still with a purpose, right? Because he's because yes. he is Certainly. trying to teach him yeah. a lesson, and also he just wanted to be yeah. left alone so he could pack because he's going off to Florida to see his mum. He's going <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little. <laughs> he's he's hit the whole point. Yeah, it, it feels like you know he knows that he has taught Leroy everything he can. He's a full fledged martial artist, yeah. but it's it's the mental thing. He needs to realize his own power, right? He needs to find that within himself. He needs to find the glow. Yeah, um, the soul. And uh, yeah. So anyway, after the, after this, uh, there's an attack on on the pizza shop, the Leroy's family's pizza shop. <laughs> uh, again, in a, an attempt from Shogun and his henchmen to. To get a get a reaction out of Leroy, I suppose, uh, and the way they trash that pizza shop is like <laughs> pretty brutal. Just like Roundhouse kicks the windows, and and uh, he throws uh, yeah. Richie Leroy's little brother into uh, into the garbage bin head first. Yeah. Which, that was pretty brutal, uh, actually. It was pretty brutal, uh. <laughs> and and this actually does uh, get a reaction out of Leroy when he sees that he he does he starts training right he he. Uh, Starts training because he knows that he has to. He has to fight uh, Shonuf. Yeah, but he kind of runs off and cries in his dojo first, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he's not like because he's a kid. He's when, trying when he to understand up. himself, Dan. <laughs> yeah, but when he turns up, like he actually waits for them to leave before he then goes into assess that. Like, why didn't he just jump in there and be like, "What the fuck, man?" You know, like, stand up for his family. Because that's what yeah. the film is about. It's he's got to be pushed to that point where he's willing to fight back. Yeah, he's too yeah. good. I think that is you can't what push someone right. you can't like, get a reaction. He's, out of. he's got all the strength, he's got all the power, but he doesn't know he's got it. And instead, he's like yeah. weak and he cries and like, oh, you know, that's not necessarily a sign of weakness. But he can't fight back. He doesn't know what to do. And his master sent him on this quest to realize mm. you have the power in you. You don't need this mask. You don't need anything more. It's in you, dude. So they push but him to the edge and eventually have... breaks. Why does he not have any problem fighting Eddie Arcadian though? When? Oh, because it's because that's for the woman, man. This is him waking up. This is yeah. the woman who he up, also has no reaction to. Well, but he no, does. But he does. He's just super shy, right? Like that's yeah. another thing with this film. Like he, there's a scene where where he and Laura are in the car together, and 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 he's like he's trying to ask her how to do the moves, or I, I want you know he's asking for a friend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> What he says, and she's yeah. like, "I will teach you moves." And I was like, "Oh shit, son!" <laughs> like, I mean, she's she's ready to go, right? But, I mean, yeah, we've I not talked Leroy... about Laura Charles, but like, no, yeah, we should talk about Laura <laughs> Charles. So she works at this nightclub called the Seventh Heaven, which, if anyone knows Final Fantasy, obviously that's that's also the uh, the Tifa's bar in in, yeah. Seven, in, uh, in Final Fantasy. Ah, which, interesting. Final and Fantasy this Seven, club is I'm... sick. Like yeah. sick. It's got like a big DJ booth up in the sky. That's like a UFO, and it's got a wall of screens and a fat dance floor. Yeah. Seven yeah, it's Brad, cool. no? Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's a cool club for sure. It's kind of like um, um, uh, Top of the Pops, um, 
on acid almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it is. You know, yeah, like, it gets used as the yeah. stage for a couple of music videos in this film as well, doesn't it? Yeah, like Vanity yeah. performs yeah. in front of it. Sorry, Laura Charles performs in front of it, and then we get um, saw, Rhythm um, of the Night is played on it. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a bit of trivia as well that Diana Ross later bought the set as well for one of her tours oh. for music videos. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, well, you say that Laura Charles, you know, she does a performance. <sighs> It's not the best performance. It's quite awkward, isn't it? It's, I mean, I mean, how would you actually describe it? Um, cringeworthy at some point. As yeah, well? uh, yeah. I don't know. It's um, it's very worth watching um, and just listening to the lyrics of the song um, because she there's a lot of weird lyrics in it. It's a very it's a very weird experience that whole you know, way you know the time we're first yeah. introduced to to Laura uh, I think she's a little bit on her high horse turning down Angela's <laughs> dirty mm. books music video when actually her performance wasn't <laughs> really it was super great uh, as well there's uh, yeah. one point so she's doing um, so she's performing her own music uh, with these weird lyrics and weird performance and then she's given the microphone because then she needs to introduce the next act and she's so out of her breath. <laughs> <laughs> as well <laughs> well she's basically yeah. she's basically in this movie to get to be kidnapped right like she doesn't have yeah. really any growth There's something we, there is one well, thing she does that's important okay, she well. awakens leroy green man she's on to <laughs> it she she does the bruce lee thing for him and he's oh, like I have oh, yeah. my master and she's like she opens you know, the door there slightly you know, right she, you know, she's, she's on to something on. Right? <laughs> okay, so she, she did. If she had just played, you know, Eddie's girlfriend's video on her show, then Leroy would never have met her. He might not have ever That's had true, his yeah. awakening. She stuck he up. He might for never herself. found the yeah. glow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. is his awakening. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> she had. <laughs> you would still be running Awaken around with dragon. Bruce Lee's belt buckle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so she does. Uh, you know, she does a few good things, but she's not the like if you compare to like Commando with with the. Uh, with the, uh, that female lead who actually is like a badass, like she doesn't really. Uh, oh yeah, so totally. I mean, in or, this, yeah, she's just I mean. pretty, isn't she? She's yeah. like well, realistically, she's there because she's hot. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you know, she's kind of also though in a position of creative and executive power mm-hmm. over Eddie Arcadian. He wants what he wants, and he can't get that without her authority. So that kind mm-hmm. of puts her in a bit of a power position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. So Laura Shaw's is played by um, Vanity, which was obviously her her artist name um, that she got, um, and she is actually quite a, a tragic story, right? Like she she was uh, she you know she was in a few movies. Uh, she had like a, a music career, I think, um, but she also had a pretty bad uh, drug problem, um, crack cocaine, uh, which eventually I think also caused her her premature uh, demise. Um, and, and she was married to Prince for a while. Yeah. Um, Did you know, yeah. he, he labelled her vanity, he tried to help shape her career, but he tried to call her vagina instead and she was having none of it. <laughs> that's true, that's what he wanted as her stage name and she she was like, yeah. no fucking chance. That's, so they came up with vanity instead. That's probably a good place to put your foot down and say, you know, yes, I know yeah. you're Prince, you know, but no, definitely not. Yeah. It's this weird time in the 80s when everyone should have like mononyms. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Prince, Madonna, you know, Timac, all of them. Um, yeah. Which is the yeah. name of the lead guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Could there be an interesting parallel to be drawn there between her relationship with Prince and then also the relationship between Eddie Arcadian and? Yeah, quite actually, possibly, that's, yeah. Quite that's, that's yeah. supposed to be that's, quite a controlling 
uh, yeah. presence, whatever you call him. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say partner, but he had multiple partners on the go, didn't he? So, like, mm. yeah. But let's not shit talk Prince too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's good music. He still makes um, some good music for sure. May he rest in peace. Yeah. So another scene I thought was worthy of picking up. Uh, we're nearing the end of the film, but there's the there's the henchman tryouts. <laughs> Which are, so I had an interesting perspective on this. Yeah. So um, Eddie Arcadian is a video game mogul. And this whole scene almost felt like he was selecting mini-bosses. Yeah. If you think of the game as maybe a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up, Streets of Rage, yeah. you'd get these guys at the end of each level. And they've all got personalities. You've got the dog man, you've got <laughs> albino punk rock Santa, and like, yeah, lots of interesting <laughs> figures. You know, I, I actually yeah. felt the same in the, the theatre at the start, is they've all got like these kind of weird personas. It's like the warriors, and like you said, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's creating this, yeah, this, this stage yeah. show of like gang freaks or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing then like you know this is like the roster of an over the top fighting game um, and yeah I'm fascinated by Barking Man um, the dog <laughs> I man I love it's, that he's, he's barking to demand twice as much money as everyone else yeah, like, yeah, why, exactly. why do you deserve twice as much money and he just fucking yeah. headbutts that desk in half yeah, exactly. and they're like tell this man he can have whatever he wants yeah. <laughs> give him a bone <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah they're just really colourful characters and uh, yeah. again it's another one of these great big what the fuck moments in a movie that's full of what the fucks so you know um, yeah yeah. weird I actually wrote in my notes when this scene w was coming on and I highlighted it what the fucking hell is going on now <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lovely moment as well where um so Eddie Arcadian is they're doing the henchman trials right and for anyone who hasn't seen it, he's this very short, little, bold-headed guy with hair on the sides, <laughs> really sort of cheeky and round fella. But um, during the henchman trials, he's trying to he's trying to recruit these people, and then just afterwards, they go to try and recruit uh, Shonuff. And when he turns up to recruit Shonuff, he's got this new toupee on, and he looks completely <laughs> different, like this little businessman with a suit of money and a little hairdo. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny how he'd done himself up to go and see Shonuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and, and Shonuff <laughs> doesn't even want his money. Like, all he wants is, is a chance to to fight with Leroy. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's just the way he is. Like, you know, he, he has principles. He <laughs> could have got paid after kicking his ass. I know, right? Know? He just wants to be the Shogun of Harlem, dude. It's the honor. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so Leroy, I mean, he, he explains the glow to Laura. He awkwardly asks her how to get moves. Um, <laughs> Different kind of moves. I'll love show making you moves. moves. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you moves. Uh, they, they meet up at Seventh Heaven. Uh, she shows him the, the Bruce Lee fight montage. There's a love scene uh, where they kiss. Uh, but then Leroy finds a clue and, and he just leaves Laura sexually frustrated uh, yet again. <laughs> once again. Once again. Um, she ends up being kidnapped for the third time. And uh, <laughs> and then Leroy infiltrates the Sandam Goy's fortune cookie place. Um, which is a funny scene because this is where he, he tries to act black. Like, <laughs> what, what is it he says at the door uh, when he, he's trying to get in? That's the, hey, so some, my man, what it look like? What it look like? <laughs> it's, when he, it's when he does that, that high voice version. Yeah. As well. I was just dying. Hey, so man. <laughs> I love hey, that he's man. delivering pizza with bean sprouts. Bean sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny because this is sort of, the, the way that he delivers those lines and that performance is actually the best 
acting he's doing you know yeah <laughs> i do think that he's kind of enforced to act a bit wooden through this though like he, he can yeah. never say can't or don't it always has to be i do not i cannot so which mm-hmm. i think just makes it all a bit almost like you know if you saw an overdubbed chinese martial arts film mm. <laughs> he talks like those yeah. overdubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there is a little bit of intention behind this. Mm. His delivery is funny though, because he's like, hey man, what is that? <laughs> exactly. <It's> just- <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have like, there's another scene when he tries to rap when he has his little brother on, on his back, right? And, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I, you know, I'll take you to the, to the, I think they're going to Seven Heaven and I'll take you there if, if you. Uh, if you rap on the way and then he tries to rap and it's like no he, he definitely doesn't he doesn't have the rhythm uh, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> quite a sweet relationship that those two have like um you know yeah. Leroy being the older brother I think older by you know quite a few years and yeah. um Richie being the little one but Richie is you know self-assured he's street smart you know he's got the what's it called the gift of the gap it's a very deep voice for it's being a, very, a 10-year-old kid <laughs> it's a very deep yeah. voice um but also kind of how you know, Richie's clearly very protective of Leroy and, you know, Leroy the other way around. And it's actually quite a nice little relationship if it's sort of slightly, you know, um, you know, sort of sort of upside down. But I but um, but I really like that um, in the movie. Yeah. No. yeah I like to like also, Richie, Richie Green uh, has got the coolest fucking style. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'd like to base my entire wardrobe on that kid's clothes, man. Yeah, I think definitely I has the, do the street, street kid uh, look, you know. I like when yeah, so obviously he get he gets kidnapped along with with Laura and they tie him up and when he's escaping his bonds, like maybe sort of pop lock in. Yeah, and it's you know it's actually working. Like you know it's like oh okay, I must remember that the next time I'm kidnapped and you know hawk tied. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pop lock. Yeah, which is brilliant. Yeah, he has yeah for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean we're. Well, basically, um, that's that's it's setting up for the final showdown, right? Which is is happening at at Seventh Heaven. Um, You know, before that, Leroy confronts his master, obviously, because he finds out he finds out that Sandam Goy is a fortune cookie uh, machine. And it's also sort of where he finds out that his master's a cookie, a fortune cookie cookie machine. machine. (laughs) No, master. (laughs) It's also where it clicked for me that uh, Sandam Goy can easily be translated into some dumb guy. And it's like, oh, clever. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, there's a thing there where, you know, how did I not realize this? Like, am I that yeah, dumb guy? Exactly, like, exactly mm. that. <laughs> that uh, right, message. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's an it's interesting. Like the, the his master is obviously just you know he he knows that he has done everything uh, he can and and he he's ready. He's he just needs to find it out for himself. Yeah. Um, like you already know the answer. What's the answer? You already know it, right? Uh, which is um. Yeah, well anyway, so so uh, the showdown like this is like the, the the this like two main fight scenes there's the uh the brawl uh, at the seven at, on the on the dance floor <laughs> where there's nunchucks Sounds like you should break into a disco yeah. song. Yeah. Sing, sing to us about this brawl on the dance floor Bjorn. <laughs> should we play it? <laughs> All right, let, let's play a bit from that scene. Um, didn't expect that. I thought he was going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's a brawl on the dance floor. Fighters on the dance floor. Fighters on the dance floor. Leroy.
But that set is sick. Bro. It is. Yeah, it's a city. Welcome, welcome to my little party in your honor, Leroy. Leroy. He's, he's insane. <laughs> Again, it's very much sort of like a final <laughs> boss level of a game, right? Yeah. The guest list has been compiled yeah. so that you go out in style. Look at all these characters there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mind if my friends introduce themselves to you, Leroy? Mortal Kombat! And all it takes is one kick from him and they're all down. Yeah. One kick for a very left. Yeah. This is one of the things I liked about this film as well, is all the overemphasized. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like the Bruce Lee overdubs. Yeah. Non-shucks. See, he's got skills. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> this dude just eats his non-shucks. <laughs> Barking dog man clearly didn't earn his extra money because he's just lying, writing in pain. Yeah. <laughs> he should have had a table. Oh, okay, leave Leroy's students to the rescue. Yeah, led by hey, Johnny Yu. Oh man, this is good. It's just pandemonium mayhem. Loving it. The music is great. Ah, oh, yeah, this is a good scene. Oh, he's like, he's like, whoa. So surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, I can fucking I can punch. actually do it. <laughs> this kid, I mean. Oh, yes. <laughs> Johnny Yu is the hero. Gotham Johnny Yu is the hero. Harlem needs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know this little kid's wearing some fresh Adidas on his feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at the kid, man. Bruce Lee. That little kid's got some mad skills. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me? Bomb <laughs> 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 rushes him. See, teamwork. Oh. Oh. I want to take, just spend a few moments just to appreciate the little kid there who is got absolute mad skills and we're introduced to him quite late in the movie um uh so uh, what is it leroy's gone off to try and save laura for the third time um he goes to his dojos he kits himself out he puts on his ninja suit and picks up all these weapons and then johnny comes and um you know sort of tries to say that uh, i'm gonna go with you and you shouldn't be doing this alone and leroy locks johnny in the cupboard uh then luckily this little kid comes um and um, and lets him out and together they wearing 
wearing the coolest bright red Adidas windbreaker jacket I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yes. I went straight on eBay to see if I could get one of those. <laughs> Couldn't. Um, and then off they run off and, you know, they get all the rest of the students and they go off to the Seventh Heaven Club and, uh, you know, help out um, help out Leroy. But this kid, man, and the, the, how him and... Um, uh, Johnny, they work together. Like I want to see a spin-off of those two going off and having mad adventures. Like for sure, <laughs> there's yeah. so much comedy mm. gold uh, in that that I would really want to see that movie. And I also thought it was interesting that the kid himself, and I don't know if they're related, they probably aren't, but the kid himself, he looks like the spitting image of Bolo Young. Uh, you know, the yeah. big bad guy, <laughs> yeah. from, uh, big bad guy from uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just thought that was really, really funny. And you know, watching him kick ass is just amazing the kid is played by ernie reyes jr and his father is ernie reyes senior and i think he's quite a well-respected martial artist and stunt coordinator ah. uh, i think i think he coordinated a lot of the stunts in that scene and he actually fights his dad at one point does he scene, oh really which is quite oh, sweet is yeah sweet. um Ernie Raiden's studio would actually later go on to star in my all-time favourite film, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skull. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is, he the, yeah. is he the kid in that? Yeah. Uh, no. no, he turns up in the graveyard ah, okay. sequence somewhere. Ah, interesting. Yeah. But yeah. He's not the Dr. Jones. No. <laughs> short stop. Not short round. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like the, I think there's definitely a, a a payoff in this movie. Like, there, there's not a whole lot of fight scenes actually, but like you know, this this scene with with the with the fight on the dance floor, Leroy students coming out, and you and it's just like one of these classic, you know, kung fu film like you know mega brawl uh, mm-hmm. where everyone is fighting everyone, and and yeah, it's it's just a. I think it has a nice moment here as well. Johnny Yu kind of reaches his realization in his journey that yeah. he finds his courage and he can actually fight. Yeah. You know, he goes in with his with his bullshit in like, you know, I'll just walk the walk Whoa! and <laughs> yeah. pretend I can do it and then actually realizes, oh, I can do it. And then yeah, throughout that whole thing there's all these loving nods of like, hey, you know, I'm I'm yeah. doing good, you know, I'm kicking ass. So it's, there, it's quite sweet. There is yeah. that really it's a very small scene, probably lasts just a few seconds, but you know, he's doing all his thing and then he hits a guy square on like in the face and Johnny's like completely amazed and looks like at his hands and goes, Oh, okay, I got this now. And sort of that moment of realization I just think yeah. is mm. really, really nice. Everyone is kind of reaching their full potential, like yes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that's kind of you could say they're all reaching what, their climax yeah. apart from Laura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does she ever oh, actually, or, or is she just left? You know, wanting? yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. If we skip right to the end, there, there, there is a sense that okay, they are getting together in in the end, where Leroy is like asking her, "Will you teach me some moves?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure Laura would be uh, more than yeah, happy to after. do that. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but that just leaves us with the with the final showdown, which is uh, obviously um, Leroy versus Shonaf, and and, and this is one this. like one of one of the greatest fight scenes. Oh, like from my childhood, like I also remember this scene coming on, and you get so pumped because it's like the, the last the last fight, and 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 yeah, let's let's watch a little bit from that uh, as well. Warmed up yet? <laughs> Just pushes the gate up. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Leroy. Let me out. Leroy. Be careful. Be careful. Nothing like this on stage, screen, radio, TV, or cable, baby. This is an exclusive. <laughs> so crazy. 
The music here is great as well. I really yeah. love loving it. That alarm sound, I'm sure I've heard that in like loads of video <laughs> games. Yeah. Like Scrap Brain Zone or in Sonic, wasn't it? Yeah. Get him! That's what I want to respond to everything with. I can't. Yeah. It's the second time he says it. a little donut. Uh, this is one of my favorite bits where he's looking for him and then he looks through the door and uh, yeah. Bruce Leroy's behind him and fucking boots him straight through that door at maximum velocity. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Leroy. He's quite big as well, showing off. Like, he's very yeah, tall. He's yeah. He is quite imposing and he's still wearing his Converse. <laughs> yeah. Kiss my Converse. Oh yeah. Oh. Right through the door. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> All right, Shogun's dead. L let's stop Film's there. Film's over. Film's over. That's uh, what what do we have to say about this this scene? Um it's there's there's many stages I, I would say to to this fight. Um so at first, you know, so Le Leroy tricks Shona right. He he tricks him. He hides somewhere and he he just Fucking kicks him right through a door. Just just before and, that, and, when when Shonoff yeah. actually first starts hitting Leroy Green, I notice he's not doing proper f like kung fu. He's slapping him. He just keeps slapping him in the head, <laughs> and it's not till yeah. Bruce Leroy properly punches back that Shonoff's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like it, this is a yeah. fight. But yeah. yeah, he's just slapping him around the head at first. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you know, there's a, so like Leroy. You know, he he kicks he kicks him through the door. Shonoff's dead. Film's over, right? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> that kick through the door as well, it's a fucking mighty blast, man. He hoofs this yeah. guy through the door, like maximum velocity. And you can see, so then you, you find out that Shonoff is actually a master because he has the glow. He has the red glow. So he, he has the red glow. He has glow. the red glow, yeah. And this is an important distinction because there's a second level to the glow, which is the full body glow, mm. um, which... Only a true master can achieve full body glove. <laughs> see, my my yeah. thing here, my take was that um, you, you know, you see that Shonoff does have the glow, so you're instantly aware that he's taken the same spiritual journey that our hero is now taken. However, Shonoff is definitely not short of any self belief, which is probably how he's attained it. Um, but he has, in that sense, he probably hasn't had to work for it as hard, which you is out. why he doesn't have the full <laughs> yeah. body glow. And right, the, the other thing I thought that was interesting is once he starts getting his ass kicked and the, his glow starts to fizzle, you you kind of get the impression he no longer believes he Losing can his win this fight. Yeah, yeah. So Which then also then also means that this thing that our hero has been working to through the whole film, this 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 state, is not a state you reach and then you keep. It's something you have to maintain. Yeah, it's, it's a, a mental belief. state. This is what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. And you guys hate yeah. this kid. And this kid's <laughs> yeah. righteous, man. <laughs> He's righteous. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, it's just a great like comeback uh, scene where it's like, you know... Uh, oh, Leroy. right, Leroy. Yeah. Who's the one and only master? <laughs> and I you am. say, Shona. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just see in Shona's face that he is so excited because he's so close to finally getting what he wants. He's so close to finally defeating and utterly humiliating Leroy. And then, you know... Obviously, it doesn't happen. Supremacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the uh, special effects during the fight are sick as well. When they both start glowing and they're yeah. hitting each other, and these like sparks and animated elements are flying around, it's just and the sound. Like the, the film well. just levels up for the final fight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay, you want to see them go <laughs> yeah. for it? Let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you watch this as, as a kid, it just pumps you up so much so that you, after this film is over, you have to have like a impromptu kung fu oh, tournament totally. with the neighborhood kids totally and, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Leroy's and, got uh, like that's what we used to do sonic booms and fireworks coming out of his punches yeah. man <laughs> and I love as well that earlier you said about the, the soundtrack sort of narrating the film and this, the lyrics over this are like you are the yeah. bastard <laughs> we can't teach you anymore <laughs> yeah. he's like oh. <laughs> yes oh, it's just a great it's just a great scene and, and, and it makes you happy watching it <laughs> um, yeah. this was actually Julius Carey's performance in that is so fun as well yeah he's just, so good he's for the whole he really is, yeah. like gone to 11 on the crazy meter <laughs> so at the start of this podcast I mentioned how um, the film felt like it would be best experienced in a theatre with lots of people and this is actually the scene when you watch it I realised that like that scene they showed you at the start in the theatre this is what this is made for surrounded in people you are the master yeah. and everyone's cheering along <laughs> as this kid's kicking the guy like us four sat in the same place after a few beers you, we'd have been like that oh, yeah, we totally all shouting and cheering yeah, like, yeah, yeah boy <laughs> yeah. yeah I think it, I think it's this it's just this fun social yeah music and fights and funny and for sure, yeah. I'm going to listen to the soundtrack, that master song, when I'm at work. Yeah, yeah. Day, get pumped up, get pumped up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lovely moment after this as well, just after the fight where uh, Bruce Leroy has won, Leroy Green, uh, uh, showing off out and Eddie Arcadian, he's, he's had enough, so he shoots him. And Bruce Leroy catches a motherfucking bullet in his teeth. Teeth, man. <laughs> teeth, man. <laughs> yeah. Wonder how many takes that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also get the yeah, next guy. Yeah, in. Like, oh, the next one then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Time out wasn't the original. No, exactly. actor. They went through like loads <laughs> of them first. Uh, it was all part yeah. of their um, oh, um, of their of their audition. So, can you hit uh, arrows uh, out of the air? Yep. Can you um, you know catch bullets with your teeth? I'll give it a go. Uh, <laughs> how hard can it be? How hard can it be? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a brilliant like like again, this is where sort of everything all the elements like of the movie, you know, the you know, the characters, the stories, the you know, the like it's all just coming together here, the music and everything like that. And it's all sort of, you know, it's a you know, it's a great kind of, you know, um, bad guy defeated and hero win it's like uh, the feel good cheering moment yes exactly, like, yeah. exactly sort of what it's all been building towards and coming to that right off the back of that incredibly entertaining super satisfying showdown fight scene at the seventh heaven um, you know it's just you know mm. just a high on top of another high which I think is great yeah and then the movie ends on a, on a dance off and uh, and yeah Leroy's <laughs> Would you teach me some moves? Which is also a part of the lyrics of the, of the theme. <laughs> and his brother finally has respect moves? for him. Yeah. He yeah, ain't yeah. no calm yeah. ball. He's my brother and he's the master. The master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so every, everything kind of like ties nicely together and it's like a, just a, a feel-good 
you know ending to to this to this film and 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 yeah i like, do miss show enough though yeah 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 i do yeah <laughs> or did show enough actually beat him and then what we're seeing at the end is his oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they all turn up in white in seventh heaven whoa yeah. Yeah. whoa deep. Deep. that's deep yeah, yeah. wow the ending i i, I suddenly need, need to rethink the ending now like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not that deep but, yeah. oh wow but yeah um so that's the film um you know do we have any 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 trivia any any other bits we want to uh discuss before we go on to the to the scores lawrence fishburne wanted to be leroy green <laughs> yeah oh really yeah. <laughs> and wesley snipes, and, wesley snipes really. oh. and yeah but they they actually wanted that kid which i think evidence is that he's not you know maybe maybe the the artificialness of his acting is slightly put on because they actually mm. wanted him over people like Snipes. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's just yeah. I I I listened to an interview with Timak where he was saying like they actually wanted to make it into a franchise, uh, the, the Last Dragon, and and have sequels and and uh, but they didn't want to pay him like a, a, a share a percentage right. of, of if the you know if it became like a huge hit um so he actually didn't sign the contract and then he had a falling out with uh with barry gordon and uh and yeah so it's like kind of like what could have been for for his career and and but this movie definitely has a legacy and that, that legacy is is like i i think like it, it sparked an interest in martial arts mm. for for many uh black people there's there's a ufc fighter called uh, alex casiris and and his his ring nickname is uh, Bruce Leroy, yeah. and uh, yeah, and not uh, yeah. not show enough. That's disappointing. Not show enough. No. <laughs> Although, <laughs> if you're into sort of funk and breakbeats and stuff, there's a record label called Ninja Tune, and they've got an artist called Mr. Show Enough. Oh, mm. so there you ah, go. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, it's definitely a cult film for sure. Like, uh, it's it's one of those that it pops up in other films. It pops up in in music videos yeah, in, pop in, culture. in yeah. pop culture. Yeah, into pop culture. Pop culture. Yeah. This is also why, um, I mean, this, I mean, I came into this completely new, like, you know, I had only heard uh, what you'd mentioned about it, Bjorn. I didn't know anything about it, like, whatsoever. Um, so coming in and seeing this and experiencing it and all of a sudden being able to see, oh, that's what that reference was from, everything. As, you know, it's like, yeah. so, like something suddenly kind of clicked into place, which I thought was, um, I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a little bit of, I think sort of a personal kind of, you know, um, uh, sort of highlight for me was uh, uh, enough the character, the actor, uh, Julius Carey, um, which was also in, played the character of Lord Bowler from a Bruce Campbell series back in the early 90s, I think, called the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which I loved. I think it probably wasn't that well known, but it was a big hit in Denmark and I absolutely loved it. And uh, it was just really great to see him uh, again in, um, you know this character uh, sorry this actor um, Julius Carey and I had not I did not know that he was part uh, of this movie and uh, so it was great to see him again but then I was also quite sad to hear that he's actually passed away he passed away in 08 uh, which was a bit of a shame because um, you know mm. I thought he was a great sort of you know comedic actor without being sort of overly silly um, and he'll uh, forever be shown off he will forever be yeah. shown off and Lord Bowler <laughs> to me did you know they considered uh, Carl Weathers for shown off <laughs> Oh really? Our friend, friend Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 an icon for sure. 
And uh, you know, uh, like this movie wouldn't have been what it was uh, without Shonoff. Also, incredibly uh, he's a, tall. He's, a like, great, he's yeah. like you know six yeah. feet five. You know, and you know you can yeah, see, he's I, an imposing character for sure. He's an incredibly athletic. Sure. Incredibly like, athletic. He's, he's yeah. well built. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he does the uh, the uh, the jump up from from a prone position where he's just like yeah you know springs up in the air and lands on his feet which is actually really hard to do yeah you need to be pretty athletic to do it yeah impressive guy for um, sure richie green yeah leo o'brien the the younger brother yep he is the younger brother of master g from sugar hill gang i said the m-a-s the t-e-r the g to the double e i said i go by the unforgettable name of the one they call the master g uh, so yeah sugar hill gang that's like his gang. younger brother oh man yeah he, he's another yeah. part of this movie i like the, the the kid like he's just so you know um swave and uh like you know he's just a little killed but he's like he's so delightfully he cocky, knows what he wants know? i mean he's, he's a bit yeah, he's full cocky, of himself though isn't he like he's convinced yeah. that woman's his it's like yeah. hey, yes. it's my move back up little man <laughs> yeah it's positive thinking yeah. you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he's already got the glow yeah exactly exactly yeah. he's already got the glow yeah. the soul glow yeah <laughs> ping pong playing shao man for brains kung fu head. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, yellow barrel. That, uh, Bruce Leroy wears the yellow jumpsuit from Game of Death as well. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. In one of the scenes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely... As does Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is true. That yeah, is true. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. And I, All right. Well, yeah. A fun little thing I've, I've dug up. I haven't had a chance to really dig too much into it, but um, something I thought was quite interesting was some of the cameras they used. They actually developed special cameras for this film, and they're like the only... There's only a few of them in the world. Uh, and they actually use them to film in Seventh Heaven because the set used a lot of video screens and you can't really shoot a video screen because it, you know, it ends up as a load of lines. They run at different stuff, refresh so. rates. Mm. Exactly, mm. yeah. So they had to uh, modify the transmission in order to be able to film in these rooms and actually have everything sync up, which is quite interesting. I mean, I said so. it already on this podcast, I fucking love Seventh, Seventh Heaven. I think the effort they mm. put into that, I think is well worth it. I think that's probably one of the yeah. iconic sets of this film, really. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's go to to scores. Um, who who would like to to begin? No one. No, no one. one wants to begin. No <laughs> this is where it's going to get controversial. I'll, I think I'll pick some. I'll pick. I'll pick. Uh, I'll pick Jesper. Okay, um, I'm actually struggling with this uh, quite a lot because uh, on purely on um you know like purely on a movie itself, um, it's doing. A lot of things he wants to tell a lot of stories he wants to tell uh you know it wants to do a lot and i think it's trying to do too much and i don't think the end result is as great as they thought it was going to be or they imagined that it would be and um there were actually times where i find myself kind of looking like at the clock and going it's gone a bit dead now is you know should i skip forward um, a little bit so i think for the movie in terms of its story, um, I think I'm probably not going to go more than a six, I think. But as an experience, sort of if you sort of go beyond that and go, you know, this is, you know, this is a 10 year old, super excited kid who's telling a story then. And, you know, all these elements is throwing in. And, you know, when you start to appreciate it for just the absolute, I don't know, chaos of it, I think it's a I think it's a good sort of solid eight. You know, it's definitely worth a watch sort of when you go in. Uh, managing your uh, managing your expectations um, it's great fun and I think the fight scenes towards the end certainly the one in the seventh heaven is well worth the price of admission so what All is right. your final score six or eight well that's the thing I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of torn so um, let's go with a seven let's go with a seven a seven nice <laughs> seven. I'll, I'll follow on from that 
Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go for seven as well. I'm, I'm not sure I really like the film as cinema, but I love how fun it is. Mm. You know, it's just a lot of fun. There's loads of music and dancing and fighting and cool people. Like, you guys mentioned you weren't too keen on Leroy Green. I didn't really like Laura Charles much. I found her really frustrating to watch. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. But then there's also some people I, that make up for it. You know, I, don't, I honestly don't have a lot to say about this. It's just, it's just fun. It's silly fun. And for that reason, I give it a seven because it's definitely not bad, but it's not in that, the higher echelon of like, fuck, I love this film. So yeah, I, I think a seven, and I, and I mean that as a kind of quite kind, positive seven, really. It's also one of those, we can just make a comment, it's one of these things that we really made this podcast for, to discover these movies that we, you know, it's like certainly some of us had, don't have any kind of preconception about or remember and are just coming at fresh and it's allowing us to discover something really new from a decade that we think that we already watched uh, everything that had to offer. So again, this is a great find. If it had nobody other than Shonoff, I'd give it a nine. <laughs> just but unfortunately there are other actors Shonoff and, and Johnny Yu and, yeah, yeah, yeah that needs to be a supercut of just those guys I'm, sh I'm sure yeah. it exists right, Dan what's your score? Um, I'm going to go counter to Jesper a little bit here so yeah, Jesper you mentioned you didn't feel it was very successful uh, in some of the story um, I kind of feel like the, the, the plot lines it's kind of a fairy tale which uses quite simplistic storylines and borrows a lot from you know these kind of tried and tested Asian storylines in, in films um, and I think it doesn't need to be too successful in that regard because they're relatively simplistic but what I think it is successful at is reverting those stereotypes uh, in, in firmly establishing this comic book world it gets away with doing a lot of things that wouldn't really be seen as very appropriate especially in today's viewing you know contextually and even now watching it now knowing nothing about this film and going into it it was able to do a lot of those things and get <laughs> away with it because it's very successful at establishing its comedic tone mm. i almost feel that everything else is kind of uh, just a bit fun to go alongside that really um so yeah so i, I think in that regard <laughs> Like I said, when I came into the film, I knew nothing about it. And when it started, I thought, you know, it's a badass 80s film. And then it was a comedy. And then it was a musical. And it was all of these things. And as soon as I understood that this film kind of was a variety of things, I just kind of let go of my expectations a little bit and had fun with it. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, for me, I think be probably about an eight. Yeah, just on that before right. you jump in, Bjorn, I think what you were saying about being able to let go, I think that's if you can just let go and enjoy the ride, that's where this this film is strong. It's just accept that you're going to see all sorts of jumbled stuff thrown in and just enjoy the ride. Mm. I think one thing I'd like to just add as well um, is, again, talking about the stereotypes and how you couldn't get away with a lot of these things it's doing nowadays. It almost makes that film timeless in a way. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'll, John, where yeah. you going? Well, this is my one of my favorite films as a, as a kid uh, watching uh it, it's it's kind of stuck around with me although i forgot about much about the plot but the feeling of this movie i actually think this movie like awakened something within me which is like my love for for martial arts because it's like it 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 manages to you know to pump you up so much uh when you watch it even now um that you all, you, you want to go out and like uh you know uh kick your mate kick your mate kick, <laughs> exactly, kick some ass yeah yeah i mean you know you know and 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 for that reason, like, you know, for me, this, this is like that kind of film. So I have to give it a 10 because it's like, this is that film for me. Like, it's not blood like sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it is that, that film that kind of, you know, sparked my interest 
in in and kind of yeah had a had a actually a big uh, impact on me. I think Bruce Lee would uh, be rolling in his grave. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> it, it, but it's Beyond, it's a similar kind. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Have you found the glow? The glow, not yet. I'm I'm, I'm still <laughs> no. I'm still searching for it. You know, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a ten for me, just because of it, it is one of those films that I would say like. Probably my favorite, you know, uh, martial arts movie. That's cool, man. Mm. Yeah. yeah, wicked. Well, in that and case, good find. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 I like, wouldn't uh, know nothing about. I know, that right? Film, and so. that's why you know I'm I'm so happy to be able to introduce this film to you guys, so that you also could experience it. And and yeah, I that's, think that's how we felt that's just with you and Predator and Commando <laughs> yeah, and, and all the other ones. Yeah. Others. And, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And, and and that is kind of the the point of this podcast, right? Like we we. Uh, introduce new films to 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 each other and and yeah. to our wonderful listeners yes yes thank you love very every, much everyone we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode and and i think we already have uh the, the next film decided uh, dan's turn right dan, yeah yeah it's dan's turn yeah what are you going for i've uh i've picked one of my childhood favorites uh for this one um totally cheesy sci-fi but good fun uh, we are going with Masters of the Universe. I have so. the yeah. power. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm looking forward I'm to this one. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this one. Dolph, 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 Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. I'm really yeah. not. I don't remember it, but I do remember <laughs> it being fucking awful. So at the moment, I'm not looking forward to it. But let's it's, an, it's an interesting film because obviously, you, you, you won't be when we do the podcast. We probably won't be able to talk about it without mentioning the toy line and, yeah. the, and the. Series, but they made this film and just decided not to use yeah. any of that. Stuff. I think there's only one character in there out of all of them that looks even remotely like the toy line. Uh, the rest, you know, <laughs> the rest is just their own unique look. So you know, they definitely tried not yeah. uh, not to be too. It's like the to Mario them. Brothers film. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That. exactly that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, all right. So this should be good fun. Yeah, should be a good fun. Um, all right. Well, that that was uh, that's it for this for this episode. Um, Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. Show enough. Am I the meanest? Show enough. Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Show enough. Show enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Show enough. Show enough. Let's leave it there. You guys are slipping. <laughs> right, James, see ya. Fool. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>